Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that we have three books now available on Amazon. The first book is called A Catechism for the Church, and it walks you through basic Christian doctrine in a simple-to-follow question-and-answer format. Each question also has the scripture verses that correspond to the answer so that you can look up that verse and know that what you are learning is both biblical as well as foundational. Catechisms have been used throughout church history to train everyone from new believers to children, the basic tenets of the faith, and I am certain that this book will help you grow or to teach your children or new believers in your church as well. The second book we have available is called Journaling Through the Scripture, a Bible study method. Uh, this small book is packed with simple step-by-step -step process, which I use every time I sit down to study the scripture. In fact, it is the same method I use to prepare for this very podcast. I know this book will help you as you dive deeper into the Word of God, as you follow along, you know, ask and answer the questions of the scripture that I've laid out in the book. It's going to help you tremendously. Now, the third book, you, know, you may be happy to know, is the Sermon on the Mount, Practical Lessons from Jesus. Now, this book follows along with the last several episodes of the podcast and through to the end of that series. And I am excited about this book because it is the first book to be released that corresponds to a teaching series that I've gone through. Again, these books are available on Amazon, both print and digital format, including Kindle Unlimited. Uh, all the links to these books are on the website, under Resources tab, and in the show notes for this episode. You just go down there and click on them, which take you straight to it. Now, let's get on to our study. Hello, and welcome to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. My name is Jerry Crow, and I will be your teacher as we study the Word of God together. And now, today's lesson. As we come closer to the end of our journey through this sermon, we come upon another passage with some curious statements being made by Jesus. A lot of times this passage is skipped over, or it is given a half-baked look, until you get to verse 12, which gets a lot of attention, but I want to look at all of the passage. I want to see what Jesus is saying to his disciples and the multitude, and why it would matter to them. When we see why it mattered to them so many years ago, we will be able to see why it will matter to us today. Now, before we get started, of course, let us pray. Father God, our great and awesome creator, we thank you for another opportunity to open your word together and to listen to the Holy Spirit speak to us as we read the words that come from the mouth of your son, Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to study this passage of your scripture together. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now we are going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. So if you would, go ahead and open your Bibles there. Get your pen and paper. And we're going to start. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find knock, and it will be opened to you. 
For everyone who who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. When we look at verse 7 in the original Greek, we see that this is not talking about asking, seeking, and knocking just one time. Rather, what we see in the verb tense is that it refers to a perpetual asking, a perpetual seeking, and a perpetual knocking. Let me see if I can explain. Uh, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28, we have a, a short little story in the life of Jesus. This story involves a woman who comes to Jesus. Her daughter was demon-possessed, and nothing could be done about the situation. She heard that this Jewish rabbi, I forgot to mention that this woman was an unbelieving Canaanite Gentile, but this rabbi had been healing people and driving out demons with just the words of his mouth. So she did what any reasonable mother would do. She went to get help for her daughter. When she finds Jesus, she comes to him and asks nothing. She says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. You can find that in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22. As you read through this story, you will notice one major theme in the woman's interaction with Jesus, and that is persistent faith. She knows exactly what she wants, and she is willing to continue to bombard Jesus with the request until she gets the healing for her daughter. And how does Jesus respond? He says to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And your daughter was and her daughter was healed from that very hour. You find that in Matthew fifteen, verse twenty eight. Why does Matthew put this story in his account of Jesus' life? See, I think he does this so that we will see that there was something, there was someone in the world who was willing to live out the teaching that Jesus was giving to those who were gathered on that hillside at the beginning of his ministry. What we see in verse 7 is that we should have persistent faith when we go to the Lord in prayer. Continue to ask. Continue to seek the answer to the questions you ask. And continue to knock on the metaphorical door of heaven so that you will be allowed entrance. In verse 8, Jesus tells us why we should do these things continually, and it is very simple. He says, For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus is going to go on and talk about asking, asking and receiving a little more in the next few verses. But for the moment, I want to take a look at the second phrase here. He who seeks, finds. Later in his ministry, Jesus gives three parables about things that were lost. 
sought after and then found. If you look in Luke chapter 15, you will find the three parables I am talking about here. The first parable deals with a single lost sheep out of a hundred and the attitude of the shepherd toward that one lost sheep. The shepherd leaves the 99 and goes and seeks the one lost sheep. When he finds it, he brings it back to the fold and rejoices. The second parable is about a woman who has 10 silver coins who loses one of the coins. She searches diligently everywhere she can imagine looking until she finds that one lost coin. When she finds the coin, she is ecstatic, just like the shepherd who found the lost sheep. The third parable is about a man who has two sons. The younger son decides that he wants his inheritance before the father dies, and then leaves the father's house and country and spends all of his money on a rather loose lifestyle. He comes to his senses while feeding the pigs of a man in the country he had gone to, and decides to go back home to his father's house to be a servant. He goes back home and the father is waiting for him. The father sees him coming down the road and similar to the shepherd who had a sheep that had gone astray and had been searching for him. And similar to the woman who had a coin that got lost and had to be searched for. This man had been searching for his son every day, waiting and watching that road. We see him looking down the road, searching the horizon for a sign that his son was coming home. Day after day, nothing. And then that one day, he sees the silhouette of a man, a younger man, and he recognizes, that's my son. The father leaps up, runs down the road, throws his arm around his son, weeping for joy. He throws a party for the son who had been lost, but now is found. We, we know all these parables. And we all know that they are describing what happens when a lost soul comes into the kingdom of God. When one person repents, there is rejoicing in heaven, just as we see in these three parables. So what does that have to do with our verse in this study from the Sermon on the Mount? Well, let me ask you a question. A few questions. I never can ask just one. When is the last time you personally went out and searched for people who were lost? Have you been like that shepherd who left the 99 sheep to find the one that was lost? Have you been like that woman who diligently searched her house and everywhere she could think to look until she found that one lost silver coin? Have you been like that father who has been watching the road waiting for a sign, a dust cloud, some blip on the horizon that your son is finally coming home? Jesus said, if you seek, you will find, but you must be willing to continually seek and not give up after a few seemingly fruitless minutes. 
Verses 9 through 11 gives us a very telling look into the mind of our Heavenly Father. It says, For what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? First of all, any man who has a son who is hungry would do everything in his power to make sure his son gets food. That's what verses 9 and 10 are telling us. Jesus knows that no one in their right mind would give their son a stone and a serpent to eat. And I am not downplaying that cultures who eat snake in any way. In Jewish culture, they are considered unclean and therefore not to be eaten. So no Jewish father would give his son a snake to eat and no one can eat a stone. Verse 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? We'll look at verse 11 and we see that Jesus really isn't holding back. He actually calls his, le his listeners evil. What could he mean by that? Well, Jesus understands that all of humanity has fallen because of the sin of Adam. He knows that the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. But he also knows that man has limited capacity to love, to give good things to those he loves, and to be somewhat good to those he cares for, despite his evil tendencies. However, unlike man, God the Father is not tarnished by sin. He has never sinned and does not have any evil in him. Therefore, the love that he has is completely pure and it is shown in ways that we cannot even imagine. The best gift he ever gave us was his son, Jesus Christ, who bore the wrath of the Father on the cross when he died for our sins. Is there any greater gift that can be given than the gift of eternal life in the presence of the fullness of God? God's love. Jesus concludes this section with one of the most well-known verses in Scripture. Most people refer to this verse as the golden rule. Verse 12 says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. It is a good rule to live by. Now, how does it compare to other rules regarding how we should live with other people. Well, let's look at the ones that Jesus gave to us in the New Testament. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 19, 19. Love your enemies. Matthew 5, 44. Love one another. John 13, 34. I believe it all starts with the first one. From Matthew chapter 19. Not only do you need to love your neighbor, but you need to love yourself. I think Jesus understood how people felt about themselves, even in his own day, to know that they might have a problem with loving themselves. You see, sometimes it is easier for us to love and take care of other people, be it our friends, enemies, or complete strangers, than it is for us to love and take care of ourselves. But Jesus says that we must 
love our neighbor as ourselves. Without that love of self, there is a major difficulty with love of neighbor. But how do we love ourselves without being selfish? I think verse 12 holds some keys to unlocking that answer. As you do things to and for other people that you would want them to do to you, you will start to see what it is you are really looking for when it comes to being loved and cared for. We really do learn best by observation, and even something as complex as learning how to love ourselves can be learned by observing how we love others. Let me ask this. What do you do for other people that you would not do for yourself? When you have an answer for that question, I have another question for you. Why do you not do that thing for yourself, but you do it for other people? Maybe you feel like you're not worthy. Maybe you feel like you do not deserve that thing. Maybe you think other people need it more than you do. Or maybe you think... Or maybe you've never really thought that it was that big of a deal that you were depriving yourself of your own love. Maybe this is the first time you've ever really thought about this one thing. Whatever the case may be, I want you to start looking at ways you can start to show yourself how much you are loved. And this is not some self-help, guided, healing, strange, whatever. It is loving yourself so that you can love others, just as the Word of God says. Let us pray. Father God, we are thankful to you for your Word. We thank you for another study together where we can come and look into the Scriptures and learn of you. Continue to teach us by the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Before you go, I would like to ask, I would like to thank, before you go, I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Each one of these studies is enjoyable for me to do, and I pray that they are a blessing for you to listen and study along with me. Please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Jerry Crow Ministries or go directly to at Crow Ministries on these social media outlets. I would also like to remind you that we have three books now available on Amazon. They are available in print and digital format. You can find detailed releases on our Facebook page and on the website. Uh, you can get to my author page on Amazon by going to our website and clicking on resources. It is the first link there on that page. Any money from the sale of those books goes straight back into the ministry here to keep this podcast and our other resources going. You can get to our website at jerrycrowministries.com where we have resources including our blog and a page where you can donate to the ministry securely through PayPal. Any money given through that donate page will go directly to offset the cost of the podcast and website and to help us further the work of the ministry. All these links will be listed in the show notes for this episode of the podcast, so you can go straight to the description of the episode and click on the links to get to each of the sites we just talked about. Thank you all. May God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. We hope that you are encouraged by the Word of God. Remember to take a moment and look up today's scriptures and dig into the Word for yourself. For more information about Jerry Crow Ministries, please go to www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can find information about the ministry, contact information, and catch up on some of our latest writings. Tune in next time for more biblical understanding. May God bless you and keep you in our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit.